Hello and welcome to the Massive Attack Podcast. I'm Joe and with me as always is Mitch. G'day. And this is episode 135 and we are continuing with our A to Zs and we've got pretty close to the end of the alphabet and this episode we're looking at the letter V. So there was probably a few things we could have done for the letter V. We could have done the TV series V that was around in the 80s. Could have done vampires. We could have. We've kind of teased about vampires before. Or Van Wilder, party liaison. No, no. even though it is the, the greatest actor of our generation, isn't it? Ryan Reynolds? Yes. No, we, we've gone a different greatest actor, probably one of the greatest actors of the action martial arts genre. And we're going to look at the muscles from Brussels himself, Jean-Claude Van Damme. Yes. Now, when I was a, a younger chap, sort of just coming out of high school, in my early 20s, I can remember really liking a lot of Van Damme films. And a lot of my memories of Van Damme come from that sort of late 80s, early 90s sort of period of his of his movie career, which I think was probably his best bit of his career. Well, I've I, I got to say, I haven't seen a lot of his later. He could be making some absolute gold. I doubt it very much, but he could be. I just haven't seen it. No, I was kind of tempted to to watch some of his newer stuff just to see what he's up to now. I haven't seen much of his later stuff. I think probably Expendables 2 was the last of his movies that I actually saw. But anyway, so going back to his earliness of Jean-Claude Van Damme, I was surprised his name isn't actually Jean-Claude Van Damme. His real name is Jean-Claude Van Vandenberg. And his professional name is Van Damme. I don't know why he came up with Van Damme. It's, it's a cool name, I guess. But he was born in Brussels and did a, a little bit of bodybuilding and light contact, no contact karate, and then decided to move to the States in the early 80s and try his luck at acting. And the rest, I guess, is history. Well, I mean, he, yeah, he did karate and he was actually quite good at it. He represented Brussels in a few tournaments and stuff like that. So he was no slouch. Now, I've got to say, I came into this with a few fake news, I suppose, about Van Damme, thinking he was never actually that much of a martial artist. He was a dancer. That's what I heard. It was all just hype that he was this martial artist. Yep. But no, he, he has these bona fides. He studied karate originally and represented Belgium, like I said. And he also, he studied eventually Muay Thai and a few other groups, different types of martial arts as well. As you said, wanted to be an actor. So he moved to America to fulfill that. But he also did, before he did that, he did bodybuilding because it's like, yeah, I can kick ass. I want to look like I can kick ass as well. And he actually, yep. did he win Mr. Mr. Belgium, or at least competed in a Mr. Belgium. He did win Mr. Belgium in 1976, actually. So I think that was even before he really got big into the martial arts, because it wasn't until the late 70s that he started to win championships in karate. Yeah, so, so he's got his bona fides. He could kick your butt. Yeah. When he went to America, you know, his goal was to be a, an actor, and he did odd jobs with it. him and a mate moved over and had their go, and end up becoming friends. He got some gigs behind the scenes acting jobs you know you got extra work and things like that and he worked for canon films now canon we have sort of talked about in not quite hollywood yeah and that's when i made my confession that you know because i grew up in the video era of, of movies where if it wasn't star wars on the big screen or disney animation every movie was the same essentially if you if you could hire it at a video library there was no difference between a pacino film or a brando or stallone or chuck norris they were the same Yep. They were all movie stars. And Chuck Norris 
to me, was a huge movie star because he was in all these movies that I like. And the Missing in Action films were one of those. And they were about Canon Films. And Canon Films made the movie Breakdance, which we have talked in the past. It's also called Breaking oh, in America. Yeah. And it's on YouTube. It's easy. John Claude Van Damme breaking. And he's very badly dancing in the background of a scene. I think when Turbo and Ozone are dancing in the strut. But, oh, sorry, something else he did while he was bodybuilding and doing his martial arts, he took up ballet for five years, which he credits to being very, very tough and probably helped him do his splits, which is quite which, famous yeah, for. Which, he's very famous for. Considering he did ballet for so many years, watching him dance so badly in bike shorts in the background of this breaking <laughs> scene, it surprises me a little bit, but okay, that's fine. So so he worked for Canon Films. He ended up training a bit with Chuck Norris and became part of his ensemble stunt crew and that sort of thing. So that was where he's... But there's actually another connection with Chuck Norris as well, because Chuck Norris owned a bar and Van Damme started work as a bouncer in that bar. Mm, so yeah, good So old. I think maybe... Yeah, it's a bit of not what you know, it's who you know, I guess. Pretty much. That's how Hollywood works, I think. So, yeah, he, he I mean, he's a good-looking bloke, I suppose. Could he, you know, can he speak English? Not terribly well, but he looks okay, and he can do the splits and do the high kicks. So they gave him a shot as the first time I was aware of him, I suppose, was the film No Retreat, No Surrender. Now, I assume you would have been yes. right across this when it came out on video. Back I have, yes. I've seen this a few times. Yeah, he played the Russian bad guy that didn't really have to speak a lot. So I think the fact that English was his second language meant that being cast as a foreign bad guy in a film was probably a good start for him because it meant he didn't have to speak a lot of lines, but he did that traditional, what he's very famous for, very wide splits where he's sort of sat in the corner of the the kickboxing ring with his legs up on the corner in the splits. And I think that's even on the cover of the video. Pretty much, because he's not the star of the movie. No, he's definitely not the star of it. He's the bad guy. So, you know, this was an era where American Ninja, you would have been totally into the Dudikoff. Oh, of course, yeah. You would have been into all this sort of stuff. And, yeah, so I forget who starred in No Retreat, No Surrender, but as a dude whose brother gets killed in a kickboxing ring by, by, I think, Van Damme's character. And he learns karate. Well, I don't know if that bit's true. I can't remember. It's been a long time. But he definitely is taught karate by the ghost of Bruce Lee. Yeah, that's pretty much how the movie goes. And then he fights, you know, the bad guy at the end, which is John Claude's. But, you know, that was sort of the breakout role of Van Damme. Like, he came across as this badass, which was great. You know? And he got other gigs after that. He went on to starring roles in films after this. But when we're talking starring roles, they were low-budget karate movies. They weren't big deals for anyone else but for him. So it was breaking what? in 1984. He went to No Retreat, No Surrender in 86. So it's not like he worked really hard. He no. played Ivan Krasinski. Then... And this is the one where he absolutely bloomed as far as my school days. So we're talking 1988 was Bloodsport. And yeah. I never saw it. Now, I really? Because I've seen this movie so many times, I can almost recite the lines from it. Like the Lebanese guys at school, they loved it. It was a kickboxing movie, yeah? Well, it, it was mixed martial arts before it was mixed martial arts, okay. really. He went into a full, uh, like a full contact tournament where it was just a variety of different styles of martial arts all coming against each other. And Van Damme, our hero, finishes off in the main event against uh, a big, I think he's meant to be a Korean guy, Bolo Young. Yep, who's huge. Yeah, he's a, he's a massive dude. And But yeah, it, it wasn't a kickboxing movie. It was just a, an underground tournament of, of fighters. And I think what made this good at the time 
is because Street Fighter, the video game, was was big then. And it was all kind of tied in. This was almost like a live action version of Street Fighter. It was people with different styles fighting against each other to try and work out what was the best martial arts. And for me, Bloodsport still holds up as a very, very good film. And it also has name actors in it as other than just Van Damme, but Forrest Whitaker's in it as one of the government agents that's chasing him, trying to bring him back. Okay. Because he, he's a, an Air Force person that goes AWOL. And it's actually based on a real person, Frank Ducks or Frank Dukes, yep. depending on how you pronounce it. But yeah, he was a, an Air Force sergeant or something that went AWOL to go over to Hong Kong to fight in this tournament. But the real Frank, Frank Dukes apparently helped Van Damme with some of the you know, back background knowledge on the movie, but then ended up suing him later on. Well, later on, because they made a movie called The Quest, like that Van Damme wrote and directed. I think it was based on Frank Dux's like co-plotting and all that sort of stuff. So there was the bad yeah. blood afterwards after that. All right. So you talking about that making me think, I don't think I've actually seen Bloodsport. Okay. So maybe you've seen Kickboxer. I've definitely seen Kickboxer and I get the two confused, I think, but maybe I haven't seen Bloodsport. I know he fights that big dude at the end um, yeah. and there's a lot of slow-mo kicks and him going, ah! And doing screams, I, or is that kickboxer again? I don't know. That's both. Really. Oh, okay, fair enough. But yeah, there, there's one quite famous fight in in Bloodsport where close to the end of the fight, he gets salt thrown in his eyes and he gets blinded. But we go back to a bit of a montage of when he was a kid and and he used to practice his karate blindfolded, so he he still knows how to do his moves even though he can't see because he's got this salt in his eyes. But okay. part of Bloodsport, what I really enjoy is the fact that he's got another American that's there with him and he's just the big meathead that I don't think really knows anything about martial arts. He's just a big dude that can punch hard and they have a bit of a friendship. But when he gets beaten, Van Damme kind of avenges him. So, yeah. And, and there's a nice little scene earlier in the in the movie where they're in a bar and they've got a karate fighter machine, arcade machine. And it's, I don't know if you ever played this because it was probably late 80s to mid 80s when it came out, but it wasn't buttons. It was just two joysticks and you had to like move the joysticks to, to punch and kick rather than having a joystick and no, buttons. I, but I, I can remember playing that when I was a kid and there's one scene in the movie where him and the American sort of have this go on this game and they joke about the fact that yeah, it's only a game. You wouldn't be able to kick my ass in real life sort of thing. But yeah, I I, I would probably watch Bloodsport once every couple of years. And as I said, I, I know it pretty well. And I'm still quite a big fan of that movie. I think it's probably his best work, even though it's his breakout movie. Okay. So from Bloodsport the same year, another movie came out called Black Eagle. Now, I do remember the video cover. I don't know if I ever borrowed it, but he plays another bad guy Russian again. So he's the antagonist. And the next year was probably his, the breakout year as far as mainstream. Like all the people that were into the martial arts or action movies knew about Bloodsport, but Kickboxer was the mainstream hit, which from what I can gather, very similar to a Bloodsport. Well, really, it's almost the same story as No Retreat, No Surrender, only it's kind of reversed and he is now the hero. So it starts off that he is the corner man for his his cousin or his mate or something who ends up being the world champion of kickboxing and gets an invitation to go and fight a Muay Thai style, you know, Thai style fighting kickboxer in Thailand and ends up getting his ass handed to him because he's not used to the difference in style. So American kickboxing is just 
kicks and punches, whereas the, the traditional Thai kickboxing or Muay Thai is knees and elbows and headbutts and stuff. So this showboat American goes over to Thailand, gets his ass absolutely handed to him by their local star. Van Dam tries to throw the towel in because he can see that his mate's getting the getting the living shit kicked out of him, and the bad guy kicks the towel out of the ring and then does this big sort of elbow strike to the spine and pretty much paralyzes his brother. So Van Dam then goes off, finds a local that's going to teach him the Thai style of kickboxing. And we get that whole sort of, you know, he's an outsider learning how to fight the Thai style. And then he challenges the big baddie and, you know, no spoilers, but Van Dam wins in the end. And they do something that was parodied really well in, I think it was Hard Shots Part Deux, where they bind their hands with you know, rope and bandages, dip them in resin, then roll them in broken glass. And in Hot Shots, they do it with, is it gummy bears and jelly beans yeah. or something instead of the glass? Yeah. But Kickbox is a good film as well. I, I don't think it's as good as Bloodsport, but it still holds up for me. But you get Drunken Master stuff in there as well. That's the one scene yes. I remember. And there's a really bad scene where his trainer takes him to a bar and gets him drunk and makes him dance. And talking about how badly he dances in breaking, he dances pretty bloody badly in kickboxing. Yeah, well, that, I mean, that's the idea is like he's training him up and it's very Karate Kid in this way. He's got his different techniques to teach him how to fight. And then he basically goes to a bar, gets him drunk, puts on the jukebox, makes him dance with two girls, knowing that he's going to get into a fight. You know, he does drunken master stuff. He, he fights while drunk. You know, he's slobbing around. Gets to do his splits again, which is great to see. And, yeah, so I do remember that. So I remember this coming out on video, staying over at my mate's place during, you know, weekend or school. It was all good and hiring that. Yeah, so Kickboxer is one of those movies that I remember everyone was talking about. Bloodspot was sort of the guys that knew. Oh, you know, you know, and whenever you talk about, you know, kickboxers, I'll go, oh, yeah, but Bloodsport's the better one. But another movie that came out that year, and this is from Canon Film, and this is not the movie that killed Canon Films, but it's the last one they made. And it was actually, I think it was meant to be the sequel to the Master Universe movie, but because it bombed, they used the sets and the bits and pieces from it. And they made the movie Cyborg, which I'm pretty sure I've seen, but I could not tell you a thing about it. Well, it was never one of my favourite Van Damme films. It, it's too arty. Like, they tried and make it this whole post-apocalyptic there's a, a, a disease that's killing everybody or a curse they call it and they they turn this woman into a cyborg and they load up her brain memory chip with the cure for the curse and it's pretty much Van Damme's role to try and rescue her from the bad guys and take her to, I think it's Atlanta that they're trying to get to. Bits of this movie remind me a lot of playing Borderlands. Okay. Watching it again now. At the time, it never did anything for me. It's badly acted. Some of the effects are are pretty shit. And even the martial arts in it aren't as good as some of his other films. But re-watching it again this week, I just, yeah, really got a a real Borderlands feel about it. And even the gun that he uses looks a lot like the the Marauder-type, you know, Wasteland-type weapons from Borderlands. And it kind of almost made me want to go back and play some Borderlands. But, yeah. And being the fact that you said it's a canon film, you can tell it's a canon film. It it just has that sort of feel about it. Cheap. Yeah, very cheap. Yeah. <laughs> like it's meant to be post-apocalyptic, but you can tell they've just gone and found, you know, an old abandoned building that's covered in graffiti and they're using that as like, you know, a bombed out building. And the other thing with these movies is they were sort of in that sort of MAR rating movie because of the violence in them, but they kind of used that as an excuse to, 
have someone get their tits out early in the film as well, just to keep that sort of canon feel to it too. Okay. I was reading, I can't remember which film, but the one of the directors had Van Damme have his naked butt in the moonlight walk. Yeah, there's a bit of that in a couple of his films. Yeah, And that was the sort of thing. And the director goes, oh, that's for the ladies. They really like that. And even the gay guys in the audience. It's like, okay, that's nice of you. Um, and apparently it became a bit of a thing. So, yeah, like you said, it's been a couple of movies. It's like, okay, fair enough. And I've noticed I watched a couple of clips on YouTube just trying to, you know, I couldn't go back and watch his whole oeuvre of films because it's just way too much. But I thought I'd just see what YouTube puts up there for me, you know, the best of Van Damme kind of thing. And I can't remember which movie it is, but there's one where he's a aerobics instructor or something, and he's there stretching these all these girls in these very 80s aerobics attire, and he's there in these bright blue lycra, pants and it's just full van damage on you know it's just there <laughs> and he's doing and he's showing the girls how to do the splits and it's just van damme butt in blue lycra and it's just like okay the camera is like the, the it, it's it's right up there the camera's right up there so yep. obviously he's proud of it why not if you've got a good bum show it off i'll i'll, I'll give him credit for that but yeah it's it's well it's, it it does say on his Wikipedia that apparently he crack walnuts with his buttocks, so well, maybe that's why he likes to show it off. Yeah. So Kickboxer was his breakout role. It's not like he took it anywhere because the next movies Probably was Lionheart not. and Death Warrant, and I can't remember them at all. Well, see, Lionheart was released released here as Wrong Bet. Oh, I do remember that name, but again, I yeah. And, and again, it's badly acted, but bits of it are kind of cool. And it does have that whole karate guy versus different types of fighters. A tournament again, is it? No, it's not really a tournament, but his brother or his cousin, I think it is, gets in trouble with some gangsters in Los Angeles and ends up getting killed. So Van Damme decides that he should leave the French Foreign Legion and make his way to the States. And he needs money to go and help his, his widowed sister-in-law. And he meets up with a, a dude that's doing underground fighting and then he gets caught up in this tournament with this crooked millionaire woman that tries to set him up. And that it, it's a very convoluted story which really just leads to a series of fight scenes where he's fighting different guys of different styles. Like there's one bit where he's fighting a Scottish guy in like a circle of death in a car park where they've all got the cars facing forwards with the lights on and, and him and this Scottish dude are fighting in the circle of cars and the Scottish guy's wearing a kilt and being all Scottish. And then there's another one he's fighting, which is like a big almost wrestler dude. He fights in a squash court and the end of the fight, he kicks him so hard, he breaks the glass and kicks him like through the glass of the squash court. And again, it's just Van Damme showing off the fact that he can do his style against a variety of different styles of other martial arts. Well, looking here at the wiki, not only has he made these films, he's also written Kickboxer and Lionheart, or he's credited as the writer for those two. Okay. Or Wrong Bet, as it's called here. He made a movie, Death Warrant. Don't know anything about that. Then in 91... So that's a a pretty good one as well. He goes to jail and fights dudes in jail. And yeah, so I, I think the bad guy in that is a dude called Patrick Kilpatrick, who has been in quite a lot of B-grade action movies as a bad guy. That, that's that's pretty cool. I think there's a couple of other big-name actors in that. I, I think the dude that plays the warden in the um, in the movie might actually be someone famous, but I can't remember off the top of my head. Okay. And then he was not only the writer but producer of the movie in 1991, Double Impact. Yes, and he, he plays twins in that, doesn't he? Yeah, it's him playing two roles. Not only do we get one Van Damme, we get two Van Dams. So it's like twins but with kickboxing and... Again, this was all stuff that I was around. I knew it was around. I didn't, but I never watched. I just don't know what it was. Why I 
was against him. But I think this was the time because I also miss Steven Seagal. I don't get it. I really do not get Steven Seagal. I've only seen him in two films from memory, and that would be Under Siege 1 and Executive Decision, where he dies in the first five minutes. Spoilers, anyone. So I don't get it because it was Nico above the law, I think, for Steven Seagal, one of his first ones. And then he did Hard to Beat or Hard to Kill. and Hard all to these, Kill, yeah. yeah. Well, anything that's got three words in the title is normally a good Steven Seagal movie, if there is such a thing. He went through a stage, again, sort of that late 80s, early 90s, where he did a couple of films in a row that were all quite good. But it was marked for death, hard to kill. Are they good? I don't know. But they, they, I would say they're good. I I I I haven't watched them for many years. I totally missed it. And obviously Van Damme went on to stuff that I did see, but I just never got into it. Now I'm, I'm fascinated by Seagal as the man. Who's a bit nuts. But yeah, it was just like, I missed that era. So there's all these movies I know that existed, but I actually didn't go and watch them. So yeah, Double Impact was, you know, they play twins who didn't know each other. They were brothers who only just met and they both, one's a crook, one's a cop or something. I can't remember. So there was that. But there is the next one I did see, and that's in 1992, and that was Universal Soldier, which was directed by the Independence Day and Godzilla director, Roland Emmerich. And it's about Vietnam vets who are killed in service and brought back to life during, with a um, experimental program, the Universal Soldier Program, which basically turns them into, you know, zombie soldiers, essentially. They've got some sentience yeah. and all that sort of stuff. And they co-starred with Dolph Lundgren for the very first time. And I remember that being quite a big hit. Well, it was probably more of a big budget movie than anything else he'd done prior to that. So that that was kind of his big commercial success almost i'd say so yes like hmm. his biggest movie to date i would have i would have thought yeah and from memory that's great and it spawned something like six sequels which were diminishing returns and lesser name actors he didn't return until his career was really bad and then he did come back for like from part five or something like that so hmm. you know not the bill goldberg one but yeah he's his career took was up that was probably peak at this point this is probably the biggest budget movie he made and oh no, there's a few to come yet that's still going. But yeah, he he was on he, he was definitely a star. And this was what ninety two, so not quite Planet Hollywood yep. yet. That would be around ninety four. But he was part of the, that that crew in the Planet Hollywood guys because I remember in our, my other podcast, hey hey, it's a podcast. They opened Planet Hollywood in Sydney, and he was the dude they sent out for it. So. Um, we'll get more to that story later. And in 93, he was quite prolific. He made a movie, Nowhere to Run, which I have never heard of. He had a cameo in Last Action Hero, and he made the movie Hard Target. See, Hard Target was actually a John Woo-directed film. And yeah. everyone made quite a big deal about the fact that John Woo was doing this American movie. I think it was a, a couple of years before he did, was it Broken Arrow was the other one? Yep, that he was, that was quite his famous next one. This was American his first one. American film. Yeah, and again, has quite a good cast. You've got Lance Hendrickson as the bad guy in it. Yancey Butler plays the, the love interest. And there's Yancey another Butler, dude. The voice of Bart. No, Lisa? No. <laughs> no, no, not <laughs> different person. Uh, and another dude that's in it is Arnold Vosloo, who played the, the mummy. mummy in the Mummy movies. Yeah. Imhotep. So a bit of a tie back to last episode mm. when we talked about The Mummy. But see, I quite like Hard Target as well. I think it's not a bad story of a movie. The only thing that really lets it down is the fact that Van Damme has a horrendous mullet in it. Oh, come on. Next thing you're going to say, Con Air is terrible because Nick Cage is mullet. 
Yes, definitely. Can't judge a movie by the hair. It's of its time. He's he's from the Bayou. That's the thing, because they explain it. Like, sometimes he plays an American and doesn't even try and get rid of the accent. At least this one's set in New Orleans, and he's meant to have, yeah. like, a Cajun Creole sort of accent in this one. Now, because it was John Woo's first film, he'd made, you know, A Better Tomorrow and, a, and The Killer and a few other movies over in um, in Hong Kong. So he had the credentials, but because this was his first Hollywood movie, Hollywood didn't believe him or didn't trust him or whatever. So whenever the dialogue scenes and that were on, there was always executive producers on set sort of making sure he was doing the right thing. But when it came to directing action, they didn't really give a shit and they let him go. And that movie's best bits are the action bits, that's for sure. Of course, yeah. And one bit I always remember was, and it's very John Woo, is where there's a dude on a motorbike coming towards him. And what he does is he kicks up a petrol can towards the guy on the motorbike. So that's in slow motion flying towards the guy on the motorbike. He pulls up his shotgun and shoots the can as it, and the motorbike runs into the exploding petrol can, which is like fucking yep. sweet. You know. Actually, there's another good scene in it as well where the bad guy knocks on someone's door and then shoots him through the peephole in the face while he's like looking through the peephole. And I remember that. But it has the John Woo signature as well, the, the, the standoff against each other with you know, two guns in each hand. Yep, slow motion and guns. Lance Hendrickson's always, always good, no matter what he's in. Yep, so that that one I but, do remember. I have fond memories of. His mullet's great. I don't know what you're talking about. And then 1994, and he goes into the science fiction genre of films where he made Time Cop, which I think is his biggest grossing film from memory. Um, okay. And he plays a character, Max Walker, old Tangles himself. <laughs> Yeah, so Time Cop, I think I saw this, but I don't really remember. It was, you know, he plays a guy coming back in time. He was a policeman who came back in time to solve some sort of crime. So I'm sure, you know, it's very Terminator. It's his Terminator, essentially. Again, some couple of big names in that movie. Ron Silver plays the bad guy who was in quite a few things. Ron Silver from Heat Vision and Jack. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And Mia Sara, who was Ferris Ferris Bueller's girlfriend. And, and also in Legend. So she's in that as well. So, mm. yeah. But again, I, I guess it's not one of my favourite Van Damme movies, but I have seen it a few times. There's one bit where they're trying to catch him and they've got their sort of electronic stun guns sort of thing and there's a bottle of water gets knocked over in a kitchen and they go to shoot him and it hits the water and he jumps up and does the splits between two of the kitchen cupboards to show off the fact that he can do the splits and also avoid the, the stun gun. But mm. Again, it's not a memorable movie as far as I can remember. Well, something that, that is sense. memorable in 1994 was Street Fighter. Yeah. For me, I think this was where Van Damme kind of jumped the shark. Well, this was this was, this was was an attempt to be huge. Street Fighter was probably the biggest computer game in the world at the time, I yep. would have thought, at the arcades. It was probably starting to wane by that stage. I think right. some of the shine had already kind of come off. Yeah, so now... I've asked you this before because I remember the games in the in the arcades. There was Street Fighter and Mortal Kombat. They were your two. There might have Final Fight, Fight of Fury. There were a few, but they were the two biggies. And people yep. talk about the characters in it. I remember hanging around with my, you and the wrestling mates and all that sort of stuff, and you were so into your fighting games, I hadn't really played them. And I didn't know there were legends and laws and storylines behind any of these characters, and Tekken was one that came out later. And it's like, what are you talking about? So I didn't know the storylines behind anyone in the Street Fighter characters. I didn't know Ryu and Ken. I didn't know Guile. I used to play Guile all the time because I thought he looked cool, but I had no idea who was what and what their stories were. Now, is this movie based on anything? Not really. Okay. Because in the lore of Street Fighter, Ken and Ryu are the two main characters. Guile was was probably 
you know, second tier good guy character, but they turn him into being the hero of the movie for Street Fighter. Because so basically, he he almost works for GI Joe, from what I can gather. It's yeah. like a global force that fights bad guys, and he's like this, like almost the Hawk character or whatever. I don't know. Yep. That's how I took it. And there was a group, I forget what they were called, and Kylie Minogue played Cammy, and she was one of that group. But there was also other people. So the bad guy was awesomely played by Raul Julia as M. Bison. And he was this despot that was going to take over the world. So it was up to Van Damme and his crew to try and stop them. But there were also other people, and there was a tournament in this, obviously, because it's a fighting game, so I had to work around it. But so you had Chun-Li played by Ming-Na Wen, Mulan herself, or Agent May in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Or if you want to go back even further than that, he was she was in that Jonathan Silverman show. I can't even remember the name of it now. Oh, okay. And she's also the right-hand man of Boba Fett in the Book of Boba Fett. Ah. So she is everywhere. She is Disney's darling, if you want to look at it that way. So she plays Chun-Li, there's E. Honda, there's um, the boxing dude. Ken and Roy, you are there, but they're sort of comic relief almost. Delsim, I'm remembering names here. Who knew? Maybe I didn't know Street Fighter. But anyway, so it's it's pretty shit. The whole movie is very shit, except for Raul Julia. He is fucking awesome in some of his monologues. And he he elevates that movie like you wouldn't believe in the same way Langella elevates the Master Universe movie by being Skeletor. But anyway, it's pretty bad. You do get Kylie Minogue in camo leggings you know that's not a bad thing and apparently just reading on the wikipedia he had a bit of an affair with al kylie while he was on the filming of this so i was like hmm. okay van damme so let's talk about that shall we i think he's a bit of a pants okay. man proud of his butt yes likes his splits good looking bloke obviously a body guy did the bodybuilding back in the day he came out like i was talking about with his planet hollywood and you know he's partying he's he's missed it in a bit he's a man about town they were in an event apparently was hitting on some woman and someone went up to him and said um stop hitting on that woman that's my wife and he goes don't you know who i am i'm john claude van damme and this guy's don't you know who i am i'm stephen quartermain this is my town don't you dare <laughs> <laughs> so we got talked down to by Quarters, who, if anyone knows AFL footy, he's a commentator for football, but apparently he's like six foot four. So he's a big bloke anyway as well. So he's a lot bigger than Van Damme. But, you know, it's just sort of quite funny that there was a standoff between Van Damme and Quarters. I just think it's a funny story that I've heard once. Very Melbourne, yep. very unique. So let's rattle yes. through a couple of other films that we've got here. Well, the famous line as well, let's keep Bison's ass. It's the only thing. You watch Street Fighter for that bit. Because, yeah, it's terrible. Probably the one I've seen yeah, the most it, out of all these films. It's probably the one I've seen the most, but it's terrible. <laughs> and it's not a good one. So, 1995, he made Sudden Death, which I think is Die Hard in an ice hockey ring. Yep. And they've made a, a remake of that since that's apparently a bit better. Okay. Then there was The Quest, which is a bit of a Indiana Jonesy sort of thing, isn't it? I haven't seen that one. I think that's the one he made where he got in trouble with Mr. Ducks because they were okay. together. Or Maximum Risk. See, this is where it's like Buddy Steven Cigar. They all sound the same. Sudden Death, Maximum Double Team. Now, this was a big role. I thought this was going to be huge, but it was actually a bomb. It was him and Dennis Rodman. Yeah. And I think this was around the time where... Dennis Rodman was really famous for being a outlandish basketball player and he was trying to make the jump to acting. Multimedia, basically. Yeah, but it just didn't work for him, I don't No, think. it was a bit of a bomb. Mickey Rourke was the bad guy in it, so who knows. Okay, then he made Knockoff, which I don't remember at all. And in 1998, this is one I can talk about. 
he made Legionnaire, which was a movie that didn't even get a release in America, but I went to the preview screening of this. Okay. For a friend of mine. I don't know how he got tickets. He was working at the comic shop at the time, so that's probably how. And I actually thought it was pretty good. From memory, it no. wasn't a bad movie. He acted. It wasn't over the top. It wasn't a martial arts movie. He played a, it was a period piece. He played a Legionnaire, and it was, I think, around the same time as Saving Private Ryan, and I thought it was pretty damn good. I looked at it going, this is, this is okay. And no one talked about it because no one else saw it. So I was like, oh, okay. No, I didn't see it either. And so, he actually yeah. wrote it as well. Looking at this, he wrote quite a few films. So then we got Inferno. And there's a movie Replicant, The Order, Derailed, In Hell, Narco, Wake of Death. Now we're getting into movies. It just doesn't matter. It really doesn't. Like he's just, he, his career went down the toilet, obviously. He just wasn't making movies until 2008. He made JCVD where I've heard someone said, look, the guy can act. He just can't act in English. That's the problem. <laughs> so they made a movie in, was it Flemish? Whatever Belgium speak. Yeah. And it's called JCVD and it's a fictionalized autobiography of himself. And apparently it's pretty good. It was like an art film, sort of a black comedy in a way because of the way they did it. But yeah, um, I do remember at the time people were talking it up going, yeah, this is actually really good. But I just, yeah, one of those movies that just slipped me by. Again. Totally passed me by. I I haven't really watched any of his 2000s films. I'm just looking here. I didn't realise in 99 he actually did Universal Soldier The Return. And in 2009, a full 10 years later, he made Universal Soldier Regeneration, which was a director video. So, you know, that's where he's at. But he got to voice. He did some voice work. He did Kung Fu Panda 2 and 3. So he, he sort of was coming around about. And then in 2012, he played the bad guy in The Expendables 2. Now, The Expendables franchise is pretty good. It's, it's all old 80s action stars sort of get, getting together, having a bit of fun and you know, just doing an old school sort of action film. And he was, I think, going to be in the first one, but he I don't know if he turned it down or couldn't do it. And they gave it to Dolph Lundgren, his old cohort from Universal Soldier. But in the second one, he plays the bad guy. And we'll fight on this one. I thought he was great. Well, as a bad guy, he was probably pretty good. But I think I'm just thinking of the movie as a whole and not really enjoying it. Okay. No, I, there were some bad lines. Like the Chuck Norris add-in was a bit bad because they just made him the meme that is Chuck Norris. Bruce Willis didn't want to be there but didn't care. But I don't know. I... I I have a fondness for the Expendables movies because they are just so silly. They take themselves seriously, which makes it a little bit better. Yeah. I, the thing that gets me is the fact that they kind of shoehorn Jason Statham into it as the next generation of action star, whereas it was more about the older action stars. So you've got Sylvester Stallone, you've got Arnold Schwarzenegger, Bruce Willis, Jet Li, Chuck Norris, Dolph Lundgren, and then Jason Statham's there as quite a main character as well. But he really hadn't done a lot prior to that. He'd done all the transport movies and I think he'd probably done Crank by then Italian as well. Job. Yeah, Snatch. but he he was just a different generation to the rest of them. But mm. And then he also made another Universal Soldier film, Day of Reckoning, the old Luke Devereaux. What's a good name, that Devereaux? Yes. So back when I was thinking of coming up with wrestling names, you came up with the idea of calling me Ass Cheeks Devereaux. So was that based on Luke Devereaux from the Universal it Soldier? It wasn't from memory, but now it must do because it's Jean-Claude Van Damme and his ass cheeks and the Devereaux character. Take it as that. I don't know where it came from, but yes, AC Devereaux is a Van Damme homage. Let's, let's Maybe. call it that, shall we? Yeah, so he's come back. He's done Kung Fu Panda 3. He's returned to the Kickboxer franchise as a master this time in Kickboxer Vengeance and Kickboxer Retaliation. There's um 
multiple sequels to that. Oh, Kickboxer Retaliation is an absolute terrible film. I tried to watch that once on Foxtel and oh, no. really couldn't get very far into it. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, and he's made some movies since like in 2018-19 all the way to 2022. He's in the Minions The Rise of Gru film, which is coming out next year, as Jean-Claude in the voice role. He's still getting some work. He's still getting stuff out there, but he is not as prolific as he was. No. Television, just looking here, he was in episodes of Friends. Uh, he actually, obviously, can take the piss out of himself. He was in Robot Chicken. And there was a TV series, again, a fictionalized autobiography of himself called Jean-Claude Van Johnson, which I heard good things about. It's on Amazon, but I've never got around to actually watching it. So, yeah, so he's also been in a bunch of music videos. Straight to my feet with MC Hammer and Body Counts in the House by Body Count. That's some pretty cool stuff here. Bob Sinclair's Kiss My Eyes. Oh. Guy gets around. Uh, he was in a Megadeth video as well for Crush'em, which I think was the theme song for possibly even Universal Soldier. But it, it was the theme song for one of his movies, and that was like the video clip tie-in for the for the movie. Oh no! Oh, he did all right. I'm just looking at some of the awards that he's won here. In 1988, he got the Golden Raspberry for the worst new star for Bloodsport. He didn't win it. He was just nominated. Fair enough. I wonder who won it. <laughs> <laughs> Probably looking up 1992, 93, 94. He was nominated for the MTV Movie Award for Most Desirable Male. Three years running, didn't win any, but he, he was nominated for Double Impact, Nowhere to Run and Hard Target. 98, he was nominated for the Golden Raspberry for The Worst Screen Couple with Dennis Rodman. And he won for Double Team. Well done. Applause. But just going back to that, uh, was it Worst New Star? Yeah. In 1989. So he was up against Ronald McDonald for Mac and Me, Don the Talking Horse from Hot to Trot, Tammy Erin from The New Adventures of Pippi Longstocking, and Robbie Rosa from Salsa. And Ronald win. McDonald was actually the winner oh. of, of, of that award that year. So he was up against some pretty tough competition. And looking at this, 2004, he won the Bollywood Movie Award for the International Action Superstar. He won that. Well done. Yeah, so he's, he's a strange cat. One more note here, and that is one of my favourite movies, and that is Predator. Now, I assume you've seen the movie Predator starring Arnold Many, Wilson. many times. Yes. Yeah. Predator's pretty fucking cool, isn't it? Like, the movie's cool, but the actual Predator is pretty cool. The alien creature thingy. Yep. Have you seen The the Making Of? Or do you know The Making no, Of that movie? No, I haven't okay. seen The Making Of, but reading the wiki now, I, I did kind of have a bit of an idea that this was the case. Yeah, so what happened was, as there's almost a, uh, I don't know if it's writer's strike, but there's a, definitely a Hollywood strike in the nearly happening right now but there was a writer strike back in the 80s i think it was 86 when they were making predator and shane black was writing it it was directed by mcturnan and they're making this predator movie all well and good and jean-claude van damme was going to play the predator they had a suit made and it was a very different looking alien in this th th than what we saw in the movie so they filmed it for a couple of days or weeks and the reason they used Van Damme is they wanted him to use some of these martial arts moves and stuff like that. But the suit itself, they were filming in the jungle in South America. It was hot. He was complaining about how hot the suit was the whole time. Um, he, he fainted a couple of times, apparently. And then the road strike happened, so they weren't allowed to make any more movies. So what they could do is actually sit down and watch what they filmed. And what they filmed looked like shit. The alien looked crap. It didn't really work. <laughs> They were happy to get out. He wanted out. That was fine. So they actually had a chance to look back and go, let's let's change this a bit. So what they ended up 
you know, going from a five foot seven, you know, kickboxer, they went to a six foot ten um, Peter Michael Hall, I think his name is something like that. Yeah, and changed the suit and changed the whole design of what, what the alien looked like. And he turned it around. I think it was Stan Winston or whoever it was that did it. Turned the suit around very quickly. He had the body mold from Harry and the Hendersons because it was the same actor. And they said, yeah, I can build off that and we can do this. And he came up with the suit and we got the iconic Predator from the Predator series from it. So it could have been Van Damme. It wasn't. He doesn't regret leaving it because of what they got was better. And he was a bit pissed off too. I think he's a bit vain because he said because, you know, he was – basically in the suit the whole time you never got to see him and i reckon because you didn't get to see his butt i reckon that's probably what he didn't like as well that's probably exactly what it was yeah so so yeah he's a strange cat the old van damme he seems to seem to be able to poke the you know take the piss out of himself a little bit you know but he does have his bona fides and that that's what i didn't think i thought oh who is he you know is he really a fighter he's never won anything but he has you know he did okay but I did find one YouTube clip where it was him versus Seagal. And it was, you know, whoever presented this clip basically talked about both of them saying, what's their history? One's Hokkaido, one's, you know, karate, and one's this, one's that. And talking about who would win. And they gave, ranked them out of 10 on different levels, strength, style, blah, blah, blah. And I didn't realize Seagal was so big. Like he's six foot four, apparently. Yeah. Where, you know, Van Damme's quite short. But they gave it to Van Damme in the end that he had a bit more aggression in his fighting techniques than, than old Seagal did. But And that, that made me happy because I don't like Seagal for some reason. He just seems like a jerk. And every year he gets more of a more of a jerk. But reading one story in the wiki was, was Sylvester Stallone said they had a fight at a party at his place, which I think that's hilarious. You know, not only do we have Expendables movies? Well, you notice Steven Seagal's not in those Expendables movies. No. There's only so much ego cinema can take. But well, um, I think no, he's too busy doing stuff for Putin, isn't he? Well, yes. And he kind of got mentioned quite a bit in the whole Me Too movement that he was a little bit handsy with some of his female co-stars. I would not be surprised. But apparently there was a bit of a to-do at this party at Sly's place. And Sly tells this story, according to the wiki, so it must be true, that he was like, oh, you want to show down? Because Seagal kept talking about how we would kick Van Damme's butt and this and that. Blah, 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 I'd do it, I'd do it, I'd do it. So, all right, let's do it. Let's go out. Let's go outside and see. Let's do it. And Seagal used every trick of the book to get out of the fight and left. And apparently he followed him all the way to a nightclub to try and get the fight happen. And yeah, it, it never happened. They never fought. But Seagal didn't, will not want a bar of it. So I find that funny. And that makes me laugh. So that makes me like Van Damme that little bit more just because he made, <laughs> because he made, um, what's him look like a putz. Yep. Now, apparently he has his bona fides as well. Seagal, like he, yep. he, he just tried it, he, you know, he trained in Japan. He ran a dojo over there. Not many white people get to do that. Apparently, I don't know, but you just hear him talk shit and you've seen footage of him and you've got all these guys just running at him in the dojo and he's just flipping them and flopping them and they're just jumping and it looks like well, that's his aikido style it's using their power against them yes but this just seems like i'll oh, just oh, boom, boom. and maybe he's that good i don't know he might have been good that good at one point but because like i said i've not watched his movies that above the law and mark for death and all that sort of stuff yeah but they showed footage from some of these movies so i don't know what they were from but he and they were saying in the movies you know he doesn't get touched no like is it is it the arrogance of him that he does because the thing about hollywood movies is you get beat up in the second act so you 
you yeah, can beat them in up. Van Damme yeah. films, Van Damme gets the shit kicked out of him and he comes back to win and that's what makes him more of a hero. Yeah, we're looking at these cigar movies, he doesn't get touched. Like he doesn't, you know, there's no beat up. He just doesn't get touched. And that's his Aikido style, I guess. It's like he's fluid yeah. and all this sort of shit. But it was just like, yeah, I don't know why this Van Damme episode is turning into cigar bashing. But anyway, we'll just we'll call it. But something we should mention as well is I don't know how much Mortal Kombat you played when you were younger, but the character of Johnny Cage is actually based on Van Damme as being the martial arts movie actor that's a, a bit of a, a you know pretty boy. So they, they based Johnny Cage on Van Damme himself. And it's kind of ironic that the he character played. is based on him in Mortal Kombat, but then he went on to play in the Street Fighter movie rather than the Mortal Kombat movie. But anyway. Mm, fair enough. So as you can see, Van Damme's done quite a lot in his career as I'll I'll come out and say that after about 95 I gave up liking Van Damme movies they all just were a bit the same but there was that period in between sort of 88 to 95 that I thought he was the best thing going as far as martial arts action movies go and I'm not unashamedly say that I yeah I still watch Bloodsport I still watch Kickboxer occasionally but they they still hold a bit of a, a, a special place in my past of movies that I like. So he's your number one. What's your Mount Rushmore of martial arts movies then? Well, I would probably go Van Damme, Steven Seagal, probably Jet Li and Jackie Chan. No Dudikoff? Oh, Dudikoff's good, but I, I don't know. I, I don't think he was quite up there as far as those other four were. TV's Eric Roberts? No. See, because really best of the best is the only thing that he's done martial arts-wise. But is that good? Does that elevate him? Well, he was the bad guy in the Dead or Alive movie, but he didn't really do any martial arts in that. Oh, that's so good, that movie. Yeah. Cynthia Rothrock gets a mention. <laughs> well, so she should. She kicks yes. butt. No Samu Hung? No. No. Because that's, that's what I got into, actually. Just on a weird aside for no reason. I remember watching the incredibly strange film show hosted by Jonathan Ross when I didn't know who Jonathan Ross was. It was on the SBS back then. And they would he would sh- talk about strange films this is pre-internet days we didn't know about all these weird things and obviously bruce lee was the man but i didn't know about jackie chan and this was the first time i ever saw anything about him it's like what are these films because it just showed basically all the kick-ass stunt bits from the movies from project a and you know all that sort of stuff it's like what what is this i have to see it yeah that made me discover you know jackie chan film and from that unfortunately i also discovered the my lucky stars movies so i don't know how familiar you were with those no because jackie chan on the cover of a lot of movies sells movies even in hong kong the problem is he comes in at the opening sequence and maybe okay. the last sequence and in the middle you got samu hung and his comedy buddies doing kung fu comedy stuff for the rest of the movie and then you get a bit of jackie at the end again like ah, oh, so many times I got burnt by you know hiring one of these movies, wanting kick-ass Jackie films and not really getting them because I mean there's some great Jackie films, but there's some not so great Jackie films. Yeah, once you've seen the good ones, it's really hard. <laughs> it really drops off really quick because that you know they were making lots of movies a year. Yeah, back then it was just like oh yeah, churn them out. So for every Rumble in the Bronx, there's the My Lucky Stars. So yeah. Mm. But speaking of Jackie Chan, he was actually in a, a bit of a Street Fighter type thing before Van Damme was in Street Fighter. Because in the movie City Hunter, he falls into a Street Fighter machine and he comes into the fight as uh, Chun Li dressed as yes. the Chun Li costume. But yeah, yes. a couple of years fun, before man. they did the movie. Hmm. Mm. But anyway, that's probably a nice place for us to end our little conversation about John Claude Van Damme. I think so. I think we've probably talked a lot longer than we thought we were going to about this. A subject. lot, but, considering yeah. I haven't seen anything, we talked a lot. 
<laughs> that's always the way so if you want to jump on our facebook or our other socials and tell us what you thought your favorite van damme moment was whether it be a movie whether it be an altercation that he had with a b-grade celebrity along the way but you can find us on our facebook we are facebook.com slash the mess of attack podcast you can find us on twitter as the ma podcast and you can always find us on our website as well which is the mapodcast.podbean.com and until next time when we come back with the letter w thank you very much mitch thank you and we'll talk to you soon bye <laughs>